You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a wealth cap holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Here are your hosts, Chris Evans and Taylor Welch. Hello, friends. Welcome to a Portfolio Builders podcast. This will just be some quick thoughts and uh, hopefully something that can help you make it through this experience. If you've never had this happen to you, well, then you are in uh, you're in luck. But the bad news is that it's only a matter of time. If you stay in real estate, it's only a matter of time before you experience what I'm, I'm about to talk about. And if you have had this happen to you, you've probably felt the frustration of a bad appraisal, a bad appraisal. Let me share something with you. Last year, I was helping a family uh, that we go to church with work through some real estate stuff. And I'm a big proponent of HELOCs because I think that it, they give you the ability to, obviously, we've recorded podcasts on this before. You just need to go find it uh, with, with Michael Lush and Devin. They've recorded training on this. But a HELOC gives you the ability to refinance your, basically refinance your house every 24 hours and retain access to the cash that you put on top of uh, the, the note so that you can pull it back out if you need it. But I was helping a family go through this process and we went through all of it and finally it came time to get the appraisal and the appraisal was ordered and the person came out and he walked through the house and he was there for like 10 minutes and we waited a week to get the appraisal back and the appraisal was several hundred thousand dollars underneath what the real market should have supported in terms of price. And we, we tend to get our, our, our values for our properties through WealthCap through a two-pronged approach. We don't just take what the realtor says it's worth or the wholesaler says it's worth. We don't just kind of go through and be like, oh, they said it's worth 150, so we're gonna, we're gonna put a value as 150. We, we go through the rent rates. What can we get for rent on this property? And that rent rate has to fit a certain box, okay? So if somebody's trying to tell us that there's a $200,000 house and the rent rate is $1,100, well, we're gonna either go, okay, we don't wanna be in the zip code because the the rent to, to portfolio is not correct, or we're gonna be like, no, we don't know if that, if that value is appropriate. And single family doesn't really go off of cap rates, so you can't use this entirely. Like you get a commercial family uh, property and you take the NOI and you divide it by the cap rate and boom, you get the value. It's not that simple with single family residential real estate, okay? And if it were, then this might simplify the appraisal issue that we have, but it's not that simple. With single family real estate, they're going based on the comps and some some appraisers will literally go straight up and they'll say it would cost this much to build the house and so this is what the house is worth, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But you gotta understand the appraisal system in the US and what happened in 2008, and this will tie everything together with what do you do when you have a bad appraisal? Anyways, I'll get to there in a second. But the other thing is we use comps. We use really good comps and we tend to go based on a, a middle of the road to low end valuation when we're picking up properties. Because if if you're making any plans in your life based on the best case scenario, then you're in for a real difficult road. If you're making any plans in your life based on best case scenario, that's not what you wanna do. So we tend to have a middle of the road slash even to the lower end uh, in terms of what comps we use to evaluate a property. Um, inevitably though, and we have 30, 40, 50 appraisals a month that we're ordering on the front end and the back end. And I can tell you this, probably 10 to 15% of the time, sometimes more, sometimes less, we have appraisals that are drastically below what our model says the value of the house should be and will be. 
my first investment property ever, okay? This is like late 2018, 2019. The property in Huntsville, Alabama. In fact, I still, it's 129 Bellhaven Drive in Huntsville, Alabama. I bought this property because I was wanting to get back into real estate. And I've explained the story multiple times with the way me and Chris kind of got back into real estate. And the property was $130,000 property. And no, it was, was $140,000 property or one thirty-five or somewhere around there. And the appraiser said, no, this is worth like one fifteen, And I was devastated because the rent on this was really good. And the area was really good. And we ran the comps and it should have been 130, 135-ish. And he was like, nope, it's 120. And I was like, well, man, I guess that I just lost money. But lo and behold, about four or five months later, new appraisal out on the property, 130, 130. It just popped up back to 130. And here's part of the issue with appraisals in the USA. Hey, hey, if you are looking to transition from business owner or employee or salesperson or producer, et cetera, to investor, someone who can build long-term wealth without the hassle or the headaches of dealing with all of the downsides that come with real estate, then you should chat with somebody on our team. You can go to wealthcapholdings.com slash book, B-O-O-K dash now, N-O-W. We have a team of licensed advisors who can help put together your game plan with your goals. Where do you want to be? How much passive cash flow do you want per year? And what markets should you be in to maximize your profitability, but at the same time, minimize and mitigate the downside? There's a lot of investment opportunities in the United States right now, but I got to be honest with you that what I've seen a lot of times, people are putting together deals for maximum profitability, but they're not respecting the risk involved in the game. Our team can help formulate a game plan for you, tell you which markets to be in, which ones to hit first, and then potentially if we have a team in that market, even source the deals for you. There's nothing like what we're doing right now. It is top of class in every category. Wealthcapholdings.com slash book dash now. The call is free and the plans will be very, very, very valuable for you. Hope to talk soon. Now back to the show. Appraisers are penalized for overvaluing properties. In 2008, this is what happened. People would go out, value a property, maybe worth 200 grand. They'd say, this is worth 400 grand. You get a loan for 400 grand and then those banks were screwed. The banks were screwed. And so there were all of these laws that popped up to regulate and hold appraisals accountable to the law of the land and supply and demand. I actually heard a story just the other day that there's a some an appraiser's in trouble here in Nashville because well, I'm working with a realtor to sell her current house. And she said, yeah, this appraiser got called up because two years ago, he appraised the property, the bank funded it. And now the bank is trying to call back that loan because they said that the appraisal was wrong. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. These guys and gals are in a situation where they are penalized if they go over, but they're not rewarded for going over and being accurate. They're just penalized if they go over. And so what they'll do is they will just lowball pretty much majority of the time. Now there's some creative things you can do. We're doing all of them. You can remove all the, you know, try to change the pricing from the MLS. You can include the rehab uh, in the scope of work with the appraisals. You can do some different things. But the moral of the story is that until we fix the appraisal system, the third party appraisal system in the United States, we're gonna have issues with appraisals in the country. It's just the way that it is. The good news is the rent and the longevity of the neighborhood will bump that appraisal up over time. And so what you want to do when you invest in a property and the appraisal comes back lower is not freak out, not try to offload it because when an appraisal comes back underneath what you feel like the value of the property is, what they're not saying that 
the value of the house is what they appraise it at. An appraisal has no bearing on the actual value of the house. An appraiser is simply what, an appraisal is what the bank is willing to loan against the property. It's, it's really a piece of collateral for the bank more than it is a uh, statement of value for the investor. This is such a big distinction to make because we've had investors you know, buy a house, $130,000, they go in cash, they wanna, ca- they wanna finance out, and it's 130 grand, the renter's in there for 1,200 a month, it's a great deal, and the appraiser says, this is worth 115, and it's like, well, I just bought a, a house worth 115 for 130. No, 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 you didn't. You bought a $130,000 house, but the bank will only collateralize 115,000 of it. And what I often recommend, this is what we do in our own business, is you can do two things. Number one, you can hang on to the property, collect cash, Six months. I'll tell you this right now, you're not pulling out twelve fifty a month off of hundred and thirty k in the market in the stock market. That ain't happening, especially not with the level of safety and diversification that you have in a single family property. It's not happening. So I tell people all the time: hang on to it, collect the cash, wait six months, appraise it again. This is what we're doing with the family. I explained last year. It was like let's give everything a, a year to get through COVID and all of those things. We'll go appraise it again. It's going to be fun. Uh, that's your option number one collect cash. It's not that bad, right? Hey, you you could you could finance out all, all one thirty of it and then put it in the market and lose money, but just hang on to it and slow down and appraise it again in six months. Option number two is you can negotiate a higher LTV, loan to value with the bank. Banks typically will stick around 75% loan to value for commercial. Sometimes they'll go up to 80%. But what we found is that if you have a relationship with the person doing your lending and the appraisal comes back low, you can hit with the low appraisal. You can say, hey, uh, you know, on on this house, can we get this up to a 90% LTV? Because obviously the appraisal was was low and it doesn't make any sense and the appraisal's, you know, faulty anyways. Um, and banks will, you'd be surprised how often they do this because they see the cash flow. Look, the debt service coverage ratio is there. On a $130,000 house with 1,200 a month, you've got, you've got amazing debt service coverage ratio. The bank knows that the income's gonna be there, and so oftentimes they will say, okay, we'll do 90%, and even though they're only gonna collateralize 115K of it, they're gonna end up financing cash out about the same as 80% or 75% of 130, okay? This is your second option. We do this a lot um, on the houses that we have low appraisals. And then the third option, which is something that you know we don't ob- obviously do a lot, is we just actually challenge the appraisals. If you can pull together three or four comps that are like, look, your appraisal was bogus. Here's four houses on the freaking same street, same neighborhood. They look just like ours, and they're all appraised higher. Then oftentimes you can get that appraiser to go back and change his work. Just a reminder that when an appraiser lowballs your property, they're doing it because of self-preservation. They're doing it out of fear. They don't want to get penalized because they don't want to be blamed for appraising something that the bank says, oh, it's not worth that. And they'll lose a client. All these appraisers, usually banks use third-party appraisals to get the job done. So you have a lot of options as an investor, but the number one thing to remember is you want to actually compare the investment class against another investment class. And when you get into real estate, if the rent rates are there, the debt service coverage ratio is there, and the the neighborhood has historically proven to rise in value over time, you don't have anything to worry about. You don't have anything to worry about. An appraisal is a statement of what the bank will collateralize to protect their money. It's not a statement of value. You gotta remember this, and that gives you freedom in how you choose what to do with it going forward. Anyways, talk to you soon. Adios. Thanks for listening. Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate, even without experience, in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started. 
by visiting wealthcapholdings.com/book. That's wealthcapholdings.com/book.